Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Kelly O'Neill. She is the founder and CEO of a multi-million dollar brand. She is a podcast host, an author, and a featured speaker. Welcome, Kelly. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Thanks so much for having me. It is my honor and absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you for taking and making the time to be here with me today and share a little bit about your story and your journey. I'm looking forward to jumping in and getting started. Fantastic. So as mentioned, you're the CEO and founder of a multi-million dollar brand. There's multiple arms of that business. As I mentioned, you're a podcast host, an author, a featured speaker. That is one hell of an extensive resume. How do you find the time for all of this, Kelly? And how important is prioritization and organization to you to, in order to stay on top of things? Such a great question. So here's the thing. You know, I'm a believer that we find time for that which is important, right? Mm-hmm. I don't believe that time is ever an excuse. It really is all about prioritization. And one of the things about me is I move at the speed of light, which is actually about a blessing and it can be a curse at times, especially when other people are unable to keep up with me. <laughs> but prioritization is absolutely essential. Like my entire business and life runs based on prioritization. And yes, organization, absolutely. I am one of the most organized people you will ever meet, not only in my business, but also, I mean, like if you open up my pantry right now, it looks yeah. like something out of, you know, that they post on organizing websites. So <laughs> I am very, very organized. Otherwise you're right. I would not be able to accomplish the level of things that I do. I love it. And I love that you brought up the fact that time is not an excuse because you always hear people say, I don't have the time for this. I don't have the time for that. You know, it's just... You got to make the time and that's right. You make the time for what's important to you. Right. And it really becomes a place of choice, right? Which is my life purpose. I help people live from a place of choice. And if no, you're cho- you, you choose what you have time for. If it's important, you'll find a way. And if not, you'll find an excuse. Absolutely. So I'm very curious then with you being a serial entrepreneur and wearing so many hats, what does your morning routine look like? Ooh, that's a great question. So typically what I do is I wake up in the morning and, and I do a little meditation and energy clearing first thing. And then I will run into my kitchen. I'll grab some of my supplements and a keto bar. I go to the gym. I come back from the gym and then I will get ready for the day. And I kind of jump into the day from then. But I know a lot of people have like a really rigorous morning program. I actually have more of like a day program. So every day between two and four, I call it my rejuvenation time. So I have that blocked off on my calendar. And this is one of the ways I also am able to get so much done is because I work with my natural energy flow. 
So I know that at two o'clock, I need a break. And I'll go into my room and read, you know, sometimes depending if I feel like I need it, I'll take a nap. I will listen to energy clearing music and then I will come back at about four and work for another couple of hours. And then I always end my day by journaling. Beautiful. And I'm assuming that that two to four is a non-negotiable for you. I operate on the 80-20% okay. rule, okay. right? So. Yep. Yeah, I really like, unless something absolutely has to be scheduled, which I can push through. Other than that, no. I mean, like even yesterday, I was actually doing an internal project with someone for my company and it was running and it was about 2.30 and I just said, yep, I'm just needing to stop right now. Like I, it, <laughs> it, like, I just need to stop. I need to go take a break and, you know, I could be back at this time. Beautiful. Well, we have to do that. We have to set those boundaries and put those rules in place for ourselves. Yes. Absolutely. So have you always had the entrepreneurial bug in you? And if so, where do you think that comes from? I'll tell you a funny story. When I was about five or six years old, mm -hmm. my parents rented a beach house. I grew up in the Silicon Valley. They rented okay. a beach house in Santa Cruz. And I remember I wanted something. And I grew up in a very affluent background, actually. And where this comes from, I think my father is an entrepreneur. My father- okay owned his own or companies. And I was around as a result of that and growing up in this environment, I was around a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, a lot of high level executives at corporations. Like that's who my parents hung out with. Right? We belonged to a country club. So I was just around that type of thinking all the time. But one of the things was my parents were bound and determined not to spoil us, which I think was fantastic. And so I wanted something and they said, well, then you're going to have to earn the money for it. I didn't remember actually at this point what it was. It was, it was small, <laughs> but I was like, okay. And so I went onto the beach and I dug up all these sand crabs okay. and I set up a stand in front of this beach house. And my dad actually said to me, honey, no one's going to buy these sand crabs. Like, no <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, I sold out of the sand crabs. Ah, right? And I don't that. know if it was like the location or it was just, you know, this, you know, little green eyed, toe haired, blonde little girl out peddling her sand crabs. But yes, that was my first business. And I sold out and then I had to close up shop because I had to go to dinner. So that was my first business. I love it. <laughs> the entrepreneurial spirit from five years old. Amazing. From the get go. Yeah. Kelly, what drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going and to keep pushing and excelling at all that you do? That's such a great question. You know, I really am very in touch with my purpose here on earth. I'm very purpose-driven and I believe very yeah. strongly that I was born to help create change here on the planet and that I have endured a lot of challenges in my life, like a lot Okay. Challenges. And I mean, really, you name it from abuse to, you know, being raped, being, wow. I mean, I've had people steal an entire business from me. I mean, like it just goes on and on yeah. and on and on. And, you know, I'm like the Phoenix. I just <laughs> keep rising from the ashes. There's a couple things. Number one, like my negative motivation is I don't want that suffering for, to be for naught. Yeah, right? because I learned through that, like I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about the world. 
And I also am very clear that it is my purpose to help people live from a place of choice and that no matter what it is that you go through in life, the good and the bad, that Mm -hmm. you get to choose your life design. And when that purpose then crosses your gifts and you're operating in your zone of genius. So in my zone of genius, how that gift showed up is in brand marketing and strategy. So how I've channeled those two things of like this purpose of like, I'm going to show you all that you can live from a place of choice because, and I'm going to start with myself. Yeah, I'm going to be very intentional about designing the life that I desire. And then I cross that with my genius zone of the strategy and the positioning and the branding. And what that looks like is when I'm operating from that place in my business, which one of the reasons that I chose to work with entrepreneurs is because we have put ourselves into the most place of choice. Yeah, We get to choose the work we do in the world. We get to choose the people we do it with. We get to choose how we want that to look. We get to choose how we want to work. We get to choose how much money we want to make. There's so much choice in this. And so when I cross those two things, that really has put me at an incredibly sweet spot into the market. And that's really what I'm working on now is, you know, I've elevated my business to work with primarily women, although I do work with men. I've actually, one of my biggest clients is a man, but I work primarily with women entrepreneurs who are looking to have what I call that epic life, that epic business, that place where your life purpose crosses your genius and you operate from there so that not only can you have the most profound life possible on this planet in the time that we're here, but that you can ultimately make the most impact. And because I feel that we are in a place right now as entrepreneurs where the the new paradigm, and I'm going real deep here. Yeah, right? that's all good. I love it. The old paradigm doesn't work. It's no longer work. And it hasn't worked for a really long time. True. And the way that we've worked as entrepreneurs, the way that we've worked as women the way that we have shown up in our world and the bottom is falling out and we need people like myself and like the clients that I work with mm-hmm. who are really ushering in not only these conversations, but the next level of templates where we do things differently and we disrupt markets and we bring innovation to an old paradigm and we balance that masculine and feminine energy in order to create epic, right? In order to create that epic experience in your life and that epic experience in your business. And we need people to do that. And so not only do I consider myself to be tapped for that, it's not even something that I was literally like, you know, it's not even something like, oh, I'm interested in this. It was like, you know, the universe was like, yeah, I'm sending you down and this is your job, (laughs) right? Like this is your mission and you need to do this. But then also, because I have that unique ability to be able to help people usher in these next level templates and to get them thinking in this innovative way and to then also help them put the structure to it. Like I just got off a consulting call with a client who is doing just that. You know, that's exactly what she's doing right now. And when they come to me, they don't know how to explain it. They can't put the words around what they're trying to do. And sometimes they don't have the clarity in their own mind and there's no one they can have that conversation with. I'm that person. And I take this as this is more than just a job for me. It's more than a career. It's more than a business. 
it's really where I'm meant to help usher in these next evolutions of how we're doing business, how we're doing life. And that motivates me because if I don't do it, who's going to, right? It's, it's like, that's what I'm here for. I love it. Kelly, the disruptor. <laughs> I, 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 I am such, I've always been a disruptor. I've always been the one who disrupts the status quo. I'm always the one that asks the questions like, why are we doing it this way? Is this really working for you? You know, I'm always asking those questions or this is stupid or like, <laughs> who told you this bullshit? Like that is like, I don't, you know, this is, I don't know where this BS came from. Like that, yeah. that's not going to work out, you know? So I think that really, this is literally what I was born to do. I love it. There's something so powerful in that. When you find your purpose, your mission on this planet, and that happens to, as you said, cross with your gifts. It is such an incredibly powerful thing. And I think we are an unstoppable when we have that combination. Yes. And it, it creates what I call the epic effect. And it is. It and is so a, much more than just a job. It Well, yeah. And it ripples, right? It ripples yeah. throughout your life. It ripples throughout the lives of everyone you touch. It ripples throughout the lives of your clients. It ripples throughout your industry. It's like that is the place that I'm helping people find. Beautiful. I love it. Kelly, can you tell us a little bit about your company, your brand and the different arms of it, what the company's all about, what your mission is with the company? Sure. A little absolutely. bit more. Well, yeah. well, my mission is exactly what I yeah. used to, right? Which is to really help people live from a place of, of choice and ultimately find their epic and live their epic and embody their epic in their lives and their businesses, right? That's really my mission. And the way that I do that is by utilizing my gifts. So one of the things that I do, by the way, I do not consider myself a coach. That's not my jam. There's other yeah. people that are love it, that are way better at it. Not my jam. What I've done is my gifts seem to be in the art of communication and positioning and strategy. That's really where my gifts are. That's where people come to me is they have problems that they are not able to solve and I solve them. Okay. And I solve them in that area, that strategic area. I'm not a tactical person. I've got amazing people that I go to who are really tactical to execute the strategies, but that's not where I am. So I have to help them get clear by nature of needing to be able to do their strategy. Yep. And then once they're really clear, then I'm like, great, here's the strategy to execute that to align with your epic, right? So the way that I do that is in a few different ways. So one of the arms of my company is the Innovate Brand Agency. Okay. And I specialize in working with women thought leaders who are disrupting these markets and they're really bringing the new paradigm to fruition. So that is really all by referral only. I do not take on a lot of branding clients at one shot at all because I work very in-depthly with them. Okay. Uh, another arm of my company is Innovate Profit Consulting. Mm -hmm. And Innovate Profit Consulting is where I offer my virtual chief strategy officer services, where I actually come in and I play this role as a chief strategy officer in a few people's companies. Right now, I have a waiting list, so I don't have new spots for them right at this moment, but I've got a handful of clients where I do that. And I literally come in and I run this epic effect through their business. And then I do like one-off consulting. So they come to me and I'm like, what is it that you want to create? And then I design the strategy and plan for them. So I do consulting around that. And it's custom. That's custom for it's, them. Everything yeah. is custom because okay. I, don't, I do not believe in one size fits all yeah. at, at all. 
I, I don't believe in one size fits all strategy. Yeah. And I also think way too many people are doing way too many things and there's way too much mass marketing crap happening in the world that's it's actually stalling businesses from achieving the results that they want. So whenever I do strategy, I'm looking at what is it that they want? I mean, everything we just talked about, what do you want? Yeah. Like, what do you really want this to look like? And I start from there because unless I have that and I, and you know, what kind of business do you really, really want? Yeah. Because not everybody wants the same kind of business. And I think that there's this, there's a lot of should floating around in the market. And I'm like, <laughs> there's no should. Yeah. Like there, there is no should. And I think a lot of people have designed businesses from a place of should. Right. And then they end up being unfilled in them. So it's really about getting that clarity and then ultimately helping them design that very custom strategy and positioning to ensure that they are untouchable in the marketplace. Because when you're operating from that epic paradigm, there is no competition because you're doing the thing that you are meant to do. And you're the best at doing it that you're that you, like, you're the best at it. And if you're doing something that's innovative and no one else is doing, or no one's doing in the way that you're going to be able to do it, now you have no competition. So that's I right. ultimately position them for that. And then I design the business strategy and flow for them to be able to serve people in the way that's not only going to make the most sense for the market, but also is going to align with the way that they desire to provide service. And then also aligning them with the best marketing channels that are going to help them reach those people and have those conversations. And what's so interesting is so many people come to me and they want to do all the things. And I'm like, no, you need to <laughs> like, we don't need to do all the things. In fact, actually, a lot of people are doing things they think they should be doing because someone told them they should. Right. And I'm like, that is not even going to help you at all. Like, in fact, that's going to distract you. So yeah, I do a lot of customized consulting. And then the one other thing that I'm really, really passionate about is I've created a community of women entrepreneurs who are established in their business. Like one of my strategies, right? Because I'm mm -hmm. very efficient, you know, going yeah. back to that prioritization and organization, it's like, how can we achieve this in the most efficient way possible? One of the things is that as women, we are meant to collaborate and work together. Yeah. So I have created a community of established women leaders, a lot of whom are looking to change this paradigm, who are looking to work together to leverage our genius. I call it leveraging OPG and OPN, other okay. people's genius and other people's networks. Love it. And we're coming together to my little catchphrase is we collaborate to accelerate. So it is all based in collaboration and how can I be of service for you? And that community is growing very quickly with very established women who are really wanting, we, like, we don't want to do it alone anymore. And we don't yeah. need to. And in fact, it's not very strategic. Like, why do I, like, I don't need to go figure out all the things, you know, if Bridget in my community has all these answers on this, that, and the other thing, why wouldn't I just tap Bridget's genius? Absolutely. And why wouldn't I just be tapping other people's networks? And I think that also really works in alignment with the way that entrepreneurship is, is going nowadays, especially when you're working with higher end clientele, which is a more intimate model for sure, as opposed to just doing all the, all the stuff. Well, we can't do all the stuff alone. And no. I mean, we're not meant to either. Entrepreneurship is about community and supporting one another and helping one another. Actually, I think the reason we're all here is to do exactly that, is support one another and cheerlead each other and lean on each other. That's what it's about. 
Yes. 100%. Yes. Kelly, what type of person or client is your ideal client? Like what things do you look for in a potential client before deciding to work with them? Oh, this is such a great question. I mean, it really depends on the service that I am providing. I would say that in my community, I'm looking for women, again, established women. Yeah. Because, so again, like with what I do, I don't believe in creating one size fits all. I'm not yeah. a generalist. So the very specific community that I have created is for women that are looking to market to affluent clients. So part of my background is that I've created an entire strategy and system for marketing to millionaire clients. That is a, what a lot of people know me as. They like I just I still speak on marketing to millionaires. I just was hired to do a keynote on marketing to millionaires. So I teach people how to market to affluent clients. So the ideal client is someone who wants to market higher ticket solutions. Okay. to affluent clientele. They are established in their business, meaning they're not just trying to like they've already they already know how to get clients. Now they right. now they just want to accelerate the results and they want to do it in a way where they're leaning on people and they have to be able to contribute to the network. So I don't ever ask them what they're looking to get out of the network. I ask them what they're looking to contribute to the network. Uh, what genius and network are you bringing? Yeah. And if they don't have a network and they're not clear about their genius, it's not a good fit. Right. right? Okay. So I'm really looking for people that are looking to come in and show up and contribute. So that is number one, because when everyone shows up with that come from, it's a magical experience and everybody wins. It's when people show up with the promotion mindset or the, why aren't you guys sending me clients? Or, yeah. What's in it for me? Mindset. What's in it for, yeah. I call yeah. it, I actually call it being on the get pretty good at finding people real quick that are on the get. And that's just not a good fit for our community. Yeah. So that's what we're looking for, for the community. And then what I'm looking for in working with the women and men that I'm doing strategy and consulting with, I mean, my ultimate ideal clients are the ones that are like, there's a problem in my industry and I want to solve it. You know, I am ready to elevate. I am ready to move beyond service provider and beyond expert. And I'm looking to move into thought leadership and I'm desiring to change the conversation and I need help changing that conversation. I mean, I can put together multi-million dollar strategy plans in my sleep, right? So <laughs> people still come to me for that where they're like, I just need positioning and they still want to be the service provider and expert. And I definitely help those people. Uh -huh. But if we're talking about my sweet spot clients, the ones that I am designed for, it's the people that are looking to move into that thought leadership realm. What excites or lights you up the most about the work you're doing? Such a great question. Thank you. I mean, ultimately it's the results, right? Yeah. So I'm a very results oriented person. And when my client comes to me and they're like, I was just able to help my clients because of the work we did, or I'm now able to live at a place of choice in my life and business because of the work we did. When they slip into that place of epic and they start seeing the momentum of it and then they start seeing the results from it, that's what lights me up most. Beautiful. Now, I want to talk a little bit about it because I find that social media, all of these things have kind of over glamorized entrepreneurship. I mean, yes, entrepreneurship is amazing. 
it is a beautiful thing, but there are also challenging and down challenging parts and downsides to it too. So I'm curious, what would you say is one of the most challenging parts about being an entrepreneur that you found personally in your journey? Because I find that people, we as people, we entrepreneurs don't talk about this enough. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that's actually one of the things that I'm actually looking to normalize. If you follow me on Facebook, you'll see my posts are a lot about it's okay for you not to be okay. And guess what? When you have shit going on in your business, so does everybody else. I have never had someone come to me being like, unless they're full of it, where they're like, my life is perfect. My business is perfect. (laughs) There's nothing going on. Well, I'm like, well, you don't need me. Maybe I should hire you. Yeah, there you go. Right? Like That just does not happen. I think there's a balance, right? I think that that's really what it is in everything, right? There's a balance. Like I want to normalize people. Yeah, I'm really struggling right now. Yeah. But I also think there's a point where people go and they just dump everything and all over social media and they're passive aggressive and, you know, and all that stuff. I think that those are the two polar opposites, right? Like yeah. of like, let me show you my Instagram perfect filtered life. And then let me show you this other piece, you know, yeah. and then let me dump everything on you. I think that there is a middle ground, which is really beautiful in all of, of the industries. And I will tell you, I have the multi, multi, multi-million dollar education in fuck ups. <laughs> Let me be super, love super clear. Beautiful. Like, you know, I really do believe that, the, you know, there's this cliche statement that your business will only grow to the level that you do. And I right. 100% agree with that. And because I am someone who is extremely fast growth, like every healer that I've worked with, they're like, you grow so fast, right? Mm-hmm. I am like, you know, like, you know, those like online games people play. Yep. I'm on level like 117,000. Does that make sense? Because yeah, I'm it does. Fast, but when you grow that fast, guess what? Stuff breaks really yes. fast. So you name it, I've had the challenges. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, I see it all in business. I see in myself and in others, you know, you can have an eight figure business and have cash flow challenges. You can, you know, you can attract crappy clients that steal from you and steal your IP or steal your clients from you. You can attract like, like, I think that one of my biggest Achilles heels has been team. That has Hmm. been one of my biggest Achilles heels has Hmm. been team for me. Okay. And finding people that can operate even within the realm of my level. Like I've not yet found anyone who operates at my level. Okay. And not, not saying because I'm like so great or anything. That's not what it is. It's just literally, you know, it's, it's funny for those of you who've ever watched Zootopia, it's the first time I ever felt truly seen. And there's a scene in, in the children's movie Zootopia, you can Google it. And it's when the bunny who's a police officer goes into the DMV and everyone at the DMV is a sloth. And that's the way the world occurs to me. I just, for some reason process at such a fast high level. And you would think that would be amazing, but it's actually breeds a lot of frustration for me. Because people can't keep up. Right. And in all aspects of life. And that's something that I'm still working on making peace with. That's a tough journey. So that's, that I think has been one of the greatest struggles for me. Now, being an entrepreneur, I mean, it's not for the faint of heart. It's a tough journey, but in my opinion, it's incredibly rewarding. I couldn't imagine doing anything else now. But what is one piece of advice you would offer to women who are thinking about making the leap into the world of entrepreneurship that haven't done it yet? 
really understand what you're getting yourself into. And here's what I mean by that. Most people, when they get into entrepreneurship, they don't, no, I shouldn't say most. There is a trend nowadays, and I think this is bred by social media, where people have leapt into the world of entrepreneurship and they've done it from a place of, I'm really passionate and I want to turn my passion into a profit. To be successful in entrepreneurship requires two things. Number one, in a service-based business, I should say. Right. That you are a genius at what you do. And number two, that you are extremely proficient at learning to run, manage, and grow a business. And it's two different things. You know, now I was lucky in, because I came out of the corporate America and I've always been doing what I'm doing. Since I was 19 years old in my first okay. internship, I have always been doing brand marketing, positioning, PR, and strategy. Okay. Always. So that's 30 years, guys. 30 years I've been doing the same thing. And so I was very lucky in that I knew how to market. And so I knew how to get clients. I had no clue how to run a business. I had to learn how to run a business. If you're going to get into business, you are going to be doing both, or you're going to partner with someone who is excellent at doing business. You have to have both pieces. Otherwise you're just playing and it's going to be a very expensive hobby. Yeah, for sure. What would you say are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur? Uh, resilience. Mm -hmm. For certain, you will fall down. And how you don't fail is you get up more times than you fall down. So yes. you've got to be resilient. Like if you are not resilient, it's going to be really, really hard for you to make progress. Resourcefulness, I think, is super super undervalued in entrepreneurship. It's actually one of the things I look for in every person on my team that I hire. It is really easy to find information now. Now, discerning between the good information from the crap information yeah, takes a skill set. But for sure. But being able to be resourceful and not allowing things to block you. It's like, well, I don't know how. Okay, well then you better figure it out. Right? Because now <laughs> yeah. your income your livelihood depends on it. Yeah. So you either need to hire people that are going to help you figure it out, right? Like you hire yep. a strategist, you know, like this is why people hire me to do the strategy. Yeah, like, exactly. Tell me what you want and I'm going to tell you exactly how to go get it Yeah, in the most efficient way in alignment with your gifts and your genius and your natural come from. I think that that is really important. So resilience, resourcefulness and commitment, you know, commitment is doing what you need to do when it's not convenient. Yeah. If you're going to wait for yourself to just constantly be inspired to get things done, like you need to be so committed to your business that you're willing to do the things that are uncomfortable because you will not grow without being uncomfortable. That's you right. You are going to get uncomfortable. And so you've got to be more committed to why you're doing what you're doing. You know, it kind of comes back Brad, to what you were saying before when you were asking me what drives me. I am committed to creating the outcome. And also I'm committed to creating the lifestyle I desire. And I am more committed to that than any of the excuses or bullshit or obstacles that get in my way. Well, it's just like you said about prioritization, right? You'll find the time, you'll make the time for the things that are important to you, the things that matter to you. Right. I've told a lot of people, bless you, you should not be building a business around this. <laughs> No, you really need to go back and get a job. You're not ready for this. Yeah, you're not cut out for it right now. Either you're not cut out or you're not ready. That brutal honest, sometimes it takes that brutal honesty, right? Well, and I mean, I feel like I would be doing them a disservice to sugarcoat it. Like, I'm, why would I do that to someone? Well, I think it's good that you're that way because it lets people know where they stand. There's no bullshit in between, as you said. Right. Just 
lay it all out on the line. This is what it is. Take it or leave it. Yeah. I love it. I think that's awesome. What would you say, Kelly, is the most entrepreneurial thing about you? Oh, easily my desire to innovate. I am all about breaking molds. I don't think outside the box. I operate like there is no box. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> so my favorite thing is when people come to me, well, this is how everyone in my industry is doing it. Great. We're going to do something totally different. <laughs> We're going to shake shit up. We are going to shake this shit up. Like that is how I roll in all things. I love it. I think that's awesome and brilliant. What are your thoughts on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women-run businesses in terms of how it's evolved and how it's continuing to shift and evolve? You know, I think we touched on this a little bit earlier. The old paradigm of business is no longer working and it's definitely no longer working for women. You know, there's the concept of mental load, which women primarily carry around and we need to do our businesses differently. The way that we run businesses is coming to a head. I interview a lot of people and, you know, even for, for the Epic podcast, I interview a lot of women uh, and men. And I think that the way that we've been operating a business is just, it's ineffective on so many levels. Now it is ineffective on so many levels. And I think the pandemic really like accelerate. I mean, I've, I've been saying this for over a decade that it's yeah. keep working. And I think that people have had a, a significant value shift in the way that they want to operate in the world. And we are heading into a place where we need to elevate or people are going to either lose their businesses because they're not going to be able to mesh with the market or they're just going to burn out and get spit out the back end. And we're seeing that more and more and more. So the next generation is, I believe that it is what I'm bringing together in the Epic Effect. You know, I I think it's that blend of really customized businesses based on life design done in very, very strategic ways where we drop all of the things that are not fully aligned with us creating that epic vision and where we utilize more strategic avenues of achieving our results in a much more efficient way. And part of that is the collaboration. I mean, I can't say enough about that. And not just in business, it's collaboration in our personal lives. Absolutely. Getting the support that we need. You know, there's a lot of breaking paradigms and breaking belief systems about women entrepreneurs that that, like it needs to shift. 100%. And it's going to take women standing up and talking about the things that no one wants to talk about. It's like, even it just happened. I mean, it happens to me every day, but it just happened again yesterday. I was talking about the epic effect. And I got a DM from someone who said, I don't know if you were talking about me, but that's exactly me. And I was like, no, I wasn't talking about you. I'm talking about this generation of women. You're not alone. And that's the thing. It's like someone has to be brave enough to have these conversations and risk the fallout for them. And I am that woman. And there's other women who are in alignment with that, that are willing to have these conversations. For sure. I was just talking with a friend of mine the other day and she was saying she's been getting into a lot of women's groups and networking groups and whatnot for women. And she was saying it's almost like there's this mass exodus, you mentioned burnout, of women leaving corporate because of the burnout. It's absolutely insane 
that so many women are jumping ship from the corporate world because of the burnout. But then they're jumping into entrepreneurship in the way that all these mass market hustle and grind, do all the things models are teaching them, are putting them right back into burn it. Now they just feel like they have more control over it because it's their business. Yeah. Can I just say something there? I cannot stand that word hustle. I just have to say, I cannot stand that word. (laughs) Yeah. It insinuates to me, when I hear that word, I think you're just trying to make yourself look busy and you're using the word hustle. I I just, I don't like it. But society has glorified the hustle. Like, I don't know, you guys can't see this since this is not a video, but right behind me, one of my key catchphrases that I say all the time, and it's literally on a poster behind my wall is strategy is the new hustle. There you go. Beautiful. Kelly, what do you think is one of the most significant barriers to female leadership? So I don't operate in corporate, but I can tell mm-hmm. you what it is in the entrepreneurial world. Sure. And that is that women are still tearing each other down. Do you see as much of that though now? Like, Absolutely. I mean, yes. really? I do. I do. Huh. It just looks more pretty. It looks more, <laughs> it looks more yeah, I do. Yeah. You know, I do. Hmm. It's really unfortunate and it's sometimes insidious and sometimes even the people that are talking about not doing that are doing it. That's crazy because since my journey into this world of women's empowerment and what I'm doing with my platform, I've seen a complete 180 where that's concerned because where I came from in corporate, that was I saw that all the time because, of course, there were so few positions for women to attain that they had to compete for them. So since I've made this jump into the world that I'm in, it's been a complete 180. I've seen nothing but support from women for one another. I don't know. Maybe they hide it better. I don't know. But from what I've seen with my eyes, it's been a 180. So I've personally seen it. I've seen it with my other clients. Yeah. I don't want to go much further into that. Uh, But yeah, I've definitely seen that. And then the other thing is the belief that we have to do it all alone. Yes. And at default, when women don't feel safe, they go back to lone rangering it. That's unfortunate that that competition is still so rampant then. I think it's really sad. I mean, yeah, it is. Because women have had to fight for so much for so long against each other. You know, you would think that women would be more supportive of one another because of what they've been through and what women have had to deal with and put up with that, you know, you'd see this more of a sisterhood recognition. You think? Wow. That's horrible. It's unfortunate. It is for sure. So you being a women's empowerment advocate, what do you do to empower yourself and other women? Well, in my day to day, I am not about the bullshit. So I think one of the things that I do is I really just speak my truth and I am very transparent with my clients. When I'm going through things, I'm telling them that I'm going through them because I think it's a learning experience for them. So I think that that's one of the things I do. I empower people by being an example. Okay. You know, and and how I empower myself, I mean, I can tell you that one of the things for me is I walk my talk. There you go. That's it. That is very important to me. And if I ever find that my organization is not walking my talk, like that's my number one priority. Yeah. No, guys, that's not what we teach. That's not what we do. That's not how we show up. Like That's not how we roll. That's not how we roll. That's not (laughs) like I'll literally say, well, that's not epic. (laughs) that does not fall in line with epic so out it goes speaking of empowerment what does that word mean to you again another good question the first thing that comes to mind is it's kind of like a buzzword okay 
I think it's like a buzzword, but for more, it to me, it more means like if someone were to be empowered, they would just be aligned with the truth of who they are and who they're meant to be. Beautifully said. That's it right there. Kelly, you've been recognized by your peers in your industry with awards, accolades for your innovation, your talents, your skills. What do these accolades mean to you on a personal level? Like, are those accolades important to you? Not really. No? Okay. I mean, you know, I think it's nice to be recognized. My, you know, my it, my, it makes my ego blush. My ego blush. I love that. Yeah, it makes my ego <laughs> that's blush. That's great. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's not what I'm here for. And, yeah. and I think that works both ways in that I'm not here for other people, right? Yeah. I mean, unless they're my clients. I think it's a construct to prove credibility. It doesn't, like, I, it's not something that... It doesn't carry weight with you. It doesn't carry weight with me. What carries weight with me is when a client comes back to me and they're like, I'm living epic. That's yeah. what carries that's yeah. what carries weight with me. Now, you've mentioned your podcast a few times. Can you tell us a bit more about it? I know the theme is epic, but what's the subject matter? What is it interview style? Is it solo episodes? Do you do a mix of both? I do a mix of both. Okay. And it's literally all about living and doing business in an epic way. So, you know, I share my journey to epic. I share what keeps me from epic or what has kept me from epic. I show how I realigned with that. And then I talk to men and women who are up to epic things, who are shaking up the status quo in their industry. And then I also cover topics really that are how you put Epic into action in your business. Okay. Beautiful. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Well, I mean, strategy and positioning. I would really argue, and my clients will tell you, that that was just a gift that I came factory installed with. I am <laughs> very, very, very good at it. You know, I really think that that is one. And then also I'm incredibly intuitive. So I'm very clear when something is right and it's going to work and when it's not. You just know. It's just a no. I know. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm claircognizant and I'm clairsentient okay. and I just know. I can feel the market when someone brings something to me. I can feel the energy of the market and if it's going to land. That's a great skill set to have for sure. Yeah. Speaking of success, Kelly, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you? Living your epic. <laughs> I mean, it okay. really all comes back to that. It's like, yeah. am I living a life? Am I living the life I desire? Am I living from a place of choice? Love it. Okay, and my gonna... business is designed to create that result. Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Gosh, in one word? <laughs> yes, Kelly, one word. You've used this word many like, times throughout the interview. I mean, I guess, I guess, epic. I'm epic. Yeah, there you go. I'm epic, baby. <laughs> I was waiting for you to get that. <laughs> I thought I thought you would have said that right away. No problems. <laughs> what was your dream job as a child? Oh, I wanted to be a teacher until I realized how much money they made. And then I was like, that's out. <laughs> Forget that shit. <laughs> What is your favorite self-care practice? Oh, I'm super good at the self-care. I'm really good at the self-care. I have so many things. That's My okay. favorite self-care is I have a boat and I love to be out on the river. All I right. love to be on the water. There you go. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Helping women change their industries. What is your biggest pet peeve? Lack of integrity. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? You get to choose. What is one of your favorite entrepreneurial books? I 
Oh, that's hard. I'm going to go with an oldie and goodie positioning the battle for your mind. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Who in your life, Kelly, has had the biggest impact on you and why? You know, I'm going to go dark on this. Okay. I think it's my dad. And it's because he's the one that wounded me the most. Okay. And so he's given me the greatest opportunity for my own personal growth. What is one lesson your career has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? I think it's the benefits of being committed to a vision greater than yourself. In the last two years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Developing epic boundaries, meaning that I'm no longer willing to allow anything less than epic into my experience. Love that. That's an important one, those boundaries especially as an entrepreneur. What purchase of $100 or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months? I mean, I don't know. I, like, I immediately go to, oh, I put $75 of gas in my boat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that positively impacts your life yeah. because you're able to get out on the water. Oh, oh, yes. There you go. Kelly, what do you see as your greatest accomplishment? Mm, rising out of the fire. The phoenix. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Oprah Winfrey, because I think that she has overcome so much and I think she's got like incredible wisdom. In fact, actually, one of the ways that I hold my standard to epic, I always have women pick like an epic point like this and I will ask them like, what would Oprah do? She is definitely epic. That's for sure. So it would be Oprah. Okay. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Don't tolerate the bullshit. And lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, like your corner of the world, your tribe, your peeps, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? I think that we were put on this earth to really serve a purpose in a time where the world needs women leaders more than ever before. And we need women leaders who are balanced in their masculine and feminine energy and who are willing to take a stand for what's possible, not only for themselves, but for their families, their businesses, and really the world. Powerful and beautiful way to end the interview. Kelly, thank you so much for taking and making the time to be here with me today and sharing a little bit about your story and your journey. You are truly an incredibly inspirational woman, and I'm just so honored to have you as a member of the Empowerography community and just keep shining your bright, beautiful light out into the world and doing all of the amazingly beautiful things you're doing. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. And what a great interview and great questions. Thank you, Kelly. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Kelly O'Neill. She is the founder and CEO of a multi-million dollar brand. She is a podcast host, an author, and a featured speaker. Thank you once again, Kelly, so much. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.